All right, uh, we're going to get into our teaching for today. Uh, we are on our series, Building Gods. This will be the last message, to my knowledge. Uh, this will be the last message. Um, we want to culminate this whole thing afterwards with prayer because we want to seal the word, okay? It's series like this that you need to go back and listen to, okay? It's series like this that you need to study, all right? The Father has blessed us not only with a good word, but he's blessed us with a podcast that even if we didn't get everything, we can go back and listen to it, okay? He wants us to get everything, and so we're on a series called Building Gods, and we're doing this series because it is Abba's plan for his children to be built. Okay, Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Okay, he said, I will build my church. When he said I, he was talking about every member of his body. If you are born again in Christ, you are obligated to build his church. He gave us the fivefold ministry. He said to do what? Equip the saints for the work of service and to build up the body of Christ. We are all builders. Okay, you have to build yourself up praying in, in tongues. You have to build up your acumen and your understanding by studying. The Bible tells us to build one another. Look at your brother and sister and say, build me. Husbands have to build their wives. Husbands have to, fathers have to build their children. Okay. So we are builders. It's not by mistake. It's not by mistake, okay, that Jesus was a carpenter. He's a builder, all right? Women, you have to build your husband. You have to build your kid. It's our job to build the family. It is all of our responsibility to build up the body of Christ. Now, my disclaimer is we are not here to repair your human life. The objective of coming to church is so you can be conformed, so you can conform to the image of Christ. You're not conforming to leadership. Okay? You're, that, you're, you're, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ, which means you got to know what Christ looks like. You got to know the things that Christ expects of you. So we are not here to fix your human life, but we are here to make you like your heavenly father. And as long as you are like him, everything else aligns perfectly. The, the uh, spirit realm, the kingdom of God, it responds to the character of Christ. That's why Jesus said, learn of me. He said, learn of me. Because I'm meek and I'm lowly at heart. He said, learn of me. So this, that is our job. That becomes our task is to do what? Study Christ. Study what the Son of God looks like so we can look like the Son of God. Amen? Amen. That's the objective. That's why we show up here. We show up here so we can conform to the image of Christ. Not only that, but just so that we can gain spiritual intelligence. So you're not working against your own destiny. So you don't think you're walking in the spirit and the whole time you're in the flesh and you're not praying for something that your life is contrary of receiving. So you have to have spiritual intelligence. <clears throat> you have to know his systems. You don't know how many Christians out here talking about what the father, what he's going to do in their, in their finances, but they don't pay tithes. They don't give offering. 
So you got a whole thing in which you're saying the Father's finna move, but you ain't abiding in his system. That's low spiritual intelligence. And you're hoping for something that's not going to happen. It can't. Why? Because it's a system there. And as we conform to his image and as we represent his name, what will end up happening is we'll become co-laborers with him. And we'll be eager to work with him. I told you the disciples got beaten, thrown in jail. They let them out, and they were happy. They were rejoicing. They started a praise service because they were able to suffer for the name. That's the appetite that we have to have for this thing, that we don't mind suffering because it's worth it. We don't mind suffering. We don't mind going through things. Why? Because, and watch this. The suffering comes to see what level you are on, your maturity. It comes to see that you say you are God, but watch this. Watch what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a splinter in your finger. <laughs> and I'm going to see how you respond to a splinter. Folks won't pray. They got a splinter. I can't pray today. I ain't fasting. I stub my toe. It's going to be hard for me to fast with this limp. We find every reason not to do it. We find every reason not to read the word. My head hurt. Well, you know what? Read the word, and if you read in there, it'll say, by his stripes you are healed. <laughs> but we find every situation and circumstance to stop us. But that ain't what I came to talk about. Okay? And so we have to arrive at this point. We have to arrive at this point in our heart that we want the life that he has for us. Amen? You have to arrive at that point in your heart. It's not just going to come to you. You have to arrive at that place in your heart to say, I want the life that he has for me. Jesus said that you have to lose one life to gain another. We have to arrive at the point in our hearts. It's not just going to come to you because it's on your mind. It has to be a desire. You have to want to be a child of God, to live and, and walk as a child of God. You have to, watch this, you have to want to be a husband. Am I right? <laughs> you have to want to be a wife. Am I right? This ain't, you have to want to be his child. You have to desire to walk in power. You got to want the miraculous. Okay, this is about your hunger. He said, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you will be filled. Righteousness is a standard that says this is where I placed you. I see I seated you in heavenly places far above. What do you want to do about Satan? Tell me. Because whatever you bind on earth, come on. <laughs> so you tell me what you want to do about the situation. I want to complain. Well, you're not revealing light. That's why I say you need spiritual intelligence. Because while you're, playing, while you're uh, uh, complaining, watch this. Satan is amassing more and more soldiers to attack you. No, I, I take that back. I'm sorry. The fact that you're complaining, he don't need no more. <laughs> but while you're complaining, he's bombarding his way through your finances, through your family. Why? Because you're not seeking first the kingdom. What if he told us to complain first and it would make it happen? It would make sense. No, seek ye first. No matter what happened, I don't care what's going on in your life. Seek ye first. Don't seek it last after you done called everybody, and then you want to go pray. Because if you were part of this church, <laughs> when as soon as you call, they're going to tell you to pray. Or you're going to call, and that's the first thing going to come to your mouth. Can you pray with me? 
our scripture. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea, the bird of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, uh, uh, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them, male and female. So our faith is in what? We, we didn't done this. Uh, it's in what God said. God said, once you know what God said, everybody else is a liar. The Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. So how can God be true and every man a liar? I must find what he said. Once I have found what he said, watch this. I know what every other voice is either a liar or is lining up with the truth. Once I know what he said, everything else becomes a liar. This is where I get my worship from. My worship starts what? What he said. What did he say about you? What did he say about your destiny? What did he say about mankind? What did he say he wanted out of us? He said he made man. He said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and they will rule. That's it. Ain't nothing you can do about that but comply. You are in his image. You are according to his likeness. Rule. Watch this. That's the only thing you can do with being in his image according to his likeness is rule. If you don't want to rule, then there's no need for you to be in his image and according to his likeness. We will sit with the power of God depressed. We will sit in his image according to his likeness, confused. Amen? So, the title of our teaching on today is the law of gods. Okay, the law of gods. The law of gods. I didn't say the laws. I didn't say a law. I said the law of gods. We don't live according to the Ten Commandments. But there is a law for God's. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 reads, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. I need y'all to pay attention to me and not every other thing. He said, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you're outside of Christ Jesus, there's condemnation. He said, now there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So as long as we are walking in the spirit, there is no condemnation to us. Now, a condemnation is the act of judicially condemning or judging guilty, unfit for use, or forfeit. So as long as we are walking in the spirit, Satan can't condemn us. 
our life can't condemn us. Long as we are walking in the spirit, we are guilty of nothing. <laughs> Long as we are walking in the spirit, we are meat for the master's use. The moment we start walking in the flesh, we are no good to the father. Because the whole purpose behind this life, this life is that we reveal light. That we reveal him. So there are no condemnation because I walk in the spirit. Say, say there is no condemnation, when I walk in the spirit. Mm. Verse two, it says, "For the law, here it is, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free." from the law of sin and death. So now, the law of the spirit of life in Christ. Now, there is a spirit of life that is in Christ. There is a spirit of life that is in Christ. So if, if you are in Christ, there is a spiritual life. And that spiritual life is governed by the law. So he said, the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made me free, or it has forced me to be free. It has pulled me out of slavery. The law, the law. So our spiritual life in Christ has a law. It has the law. So our spiritual life is governed as well as our natural life. Our spiritual life is governed by, us, the, by the law of Christ. Our natural life is governed by right and wrong, good and bad. So because we have a spiritual life, we have something governing us. Now I'm going to make this real simple to y'all. The law is simply the name. It's not a bunch of written rules. Moses had to go up the mountain and get the laws for the people from God. Now, after Adam fell, from Adam to Moses, there were no laws. Abraham had no laws. So from Adam to Moses, there were no laws. They just did what they wanted to do, and a repercussion happened. After Adam, it got so bad that he had to destroy the whole planet. So, but there was no laws. Moses had to go up the mountain, represent the spirit realm, and had to get the laws. The reason why is because, like I told you before, we have spiritual, natural, and spiritual. We have Adam being created in the image of, of Abba, in the image of Christ. Then after he fell, we have a natural world until Jesus came to bring back the spiritual. And so the law of the spirit realm could not govern, the, govern those of the Old Testament. So Moses had to go up the mountain and get 10 rules and give it to the people. He had to go up the mountain. He had to go to the, to the Father and get 10. Why? Because they were not connected with Christ. They were not in Christ. They were not his children. They could not hear him. 
There was nothing in them that would transmit a signal. We talked about this early when we started Divine Generation Church. There are two families. There's the family of Adam, and then there's the family of Christ. And, and you only hear, watch this, you only hear according to your nature. That's why it makes no sense for you to be arguing with people who are not saved about spiritual things. The Bible says it don't make no sense. If Christ isn't there, they can't even hear. It says, for what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God did, did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. So by making us gods through the new birth, he gave us a new nature. All right? So he said what, what the law could not do, which means there's no way that we can be obedient to the Father unless we take on his nature. There's no way we can be obedient to him. He knew it. So after Adam fell, he allowed them to do what they wanted to do. For what? To show them, y'all can't do this without me. Y'all need me. Okay? Then after that happened, they, he gave them the law. And they still could not obey the law. Why? Because they needed Christ. They needed to practice righteousness. They weren't transmitting with him. He was speaking, but they could not hear. So when he made us gods, what, the, what did that do? That gave us a transmitter. That gave us, it changed our nature. When it changed our nature, it changed how we heard things. It changed how we saw things. That's why the, the miracle of salvation is that the moment you became one with Christ, all of a sudden, sin was a red flag. <laughs> Am I right? All of a sudden, you would, you would do the wrong thing and you would feel bad. That's the indicator. Like I told you, if you still sin and you don't feel bad about it, Christ ain't there. I hate to tell you, he ain't there. If it don't bother you to sin and live contrary, then he's not there. He's not living there. He's dormant. You need to give your life to him. Because the Bible said that, watch this, it says what the law could not do. The law could never align us with him, Renee. It could never. Because he said, watch this, don't do that, that never stopped us from doing it. The father is authoritarian, but he's not authoritative. Okay, he'll set the rules and the regulations, he'll never make you do them. He loves that you love to do what he says. This is how we determine who's obedient and who's disobedient. The father doesn't have favorite children, but he has children that he will give favor to. He doesn't have favorite children, but he has children that he will release favor to because of obedience. Because you're aligning with me. So don't hate, just align. You don't have to hate, just align. It's for everybody. It ain't for some of us. It's for everybody. And so he wanted us so bad, the Bible said that what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. It was so weak that Peter walked three years with Jesus and still denied him three times. You would think. That's why I'm not for the foolishness. He saw Jesus open the eyes of the blind. It didn't help him. He saw, 
He saw Jesus feed a multitude from a Lunchable. It didn't help him. He still denied him. I'm just telling you. That's why I'm not finna pump y'all heads up about miracle signs. Nope. Because you're still not going to be obedient after you see it. <laughs> That's not the convincing part. Anytime you can walk with Jesus, he did everything. I mean, come on. The children of Israel, Moses made the Red Sea part. They got on the other side and still complained. After the Red Sea part, surely he can get us food. They sent bread, still complaining. He sent quail, they still complaining. Gave them water out of rock, they still complaining. Because it had nothing to do with the miracles. It was the fact that they could not connect with him in the nature, in their nature. It was weak. He said the law, what the law could not do and that it was weak through flesh, God did by sending his own son. Watch this, in flesh. So he didn't send the flesh. He sent his son. He sent the word. He sent the seed. He sent Christ in flesh. To make us gods. That through the new birth, we will get a new nature and we will be able to respond to him differently. Verse 4 says that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So the righteous requirement of the law is fulfilled in us when we walk by in the spirit, by the spirit. Because the law, the righteous requirements of the law is the name. It's the name. Long as we are representing his name. We are fulfilling the, the righteous requirements of the law. The whole purpose of, of him telling them don't do this or do it this way was so that they could look like him. In Exodus, he called him a kingdom of priests. He told Moses, he said, I want a kingdom of priests. I want them to be a kingdom of priests. But it couldn't happen. Why? Because there was no nature there. And he did it knowing that they couldn't do it. He just wanted to show them, Ola. Until you become my child, it's impossible for you to follow me. So the new nature and the new name is to fulfill his glory. The new nature and the new name is proof that we walk in the spirit. That's why I told you, when the Bible tells us to gather in his name, how does that look? Right now, everybody pray in tongues right now. Now, as y'all pray in tongues, I want you to release love. Just focus on love. You have the ability to release love. Come on, you can't tell me you don't feel his presence. Come on, release love. Release love, love, love. Think about how much the Father loves you. Hallelujah. Think about how much you love your brothers and your sisters. Think about the love, the love, the love that he has for us. The inseparable love, the love, the joy that love brings. Hallelujah. We release love into this atmosphere right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, Father. We thank you for your agape, Father. We release your love into every situation and circumstance, Father. We thank you that you have given us, Father, a heart of love, a heart of love, Father. We so love you, Father. Hallelujah. Like you so loved us, Father. Father, we thank you right now for the love. Hallelujah. All right. I just want you to see 
that when we gather in his name, all we got to do is come in here with a mind of love. All we got to do is come in here with a mind of peace, of joy. The reason why it's hard to get in the presence is because our mind, we don't gather in his name. He said, if, he, if, if two or three of y'all gather in my name, I'll be there. He didn't say, watch this, if y'all gather and sing songs. He didn't say if y'all gathered and spoke in tongues. He didn't say if y'all gathered and clapped. No, he said if you just gather in my name, just show up with the same my heart, my mind, and my presence appears. I know we're doing spiritual calisthenics. Clap, jump, kick, do a backflip. We do that because we're trying to get you to engage. But in actuality, all we have to do is gather in the name. One mind, one heart for his purpose. The confusion comes when we come in the church or period. Yesterday, I went out to a Chris' birthday party. I walked up to the door. Huh? Yeah, I mean, Jaquavia's birthday party was at Chris' house. All right. I, I get to walking up to the door. And I, all I hear is Bruce in there praying. <laughs> I walk in there, it's thick in there. What? Because y'all gathered in his name. That's all we have to do. Anytime Satan comes and he tries to disrupt our day, all we got to do is switch to the name. That's all you have to do is pull yourself into his realm, pull yourself back into his household. Satan is trying to put something on your mind, but your father already said something. He said, if you ask for anything in my name, he's not saying ask me and say Jesus. You asking me, but where's your love? You asking me, but where's your patience at? Where is your joy? Where's your faithfulness to me? You're asking me, but you're not asking in my name. He said, ask in my name that your joy will be fulfilled, will be full. He wants your joy to be full. So what he did, he brought you into his name. And he said, as long as you're abiding in this, everything comes to you that you want. But the, that's why Satan tries to get you to hold unforgiveness in your heart. Why? Because it don't represent the name. It's contrary. He needs you to be bitter because he knows as long as you stay bitter, you can ask in his name all you want to. Heaven ain't budging. It's not going to budge. The kingdom of God only responds to the character of Christ. He knows that. So he tried to get you in offense. Because he knows the moment you get in offense, heaven doors close. He knows it. He tries to get us not to practice righteousness because he knows what those spiritual disciplines would do. <laughs> he knows what they would do. So I got to keep you busy. I don't need you praying. I don't need you fast. I'm going to give you an excuse for that. I don't need you reading your word. I definitely don't need y'all fellowshipping. That's the worst thing y'all could do is get together and start talking about your father. I don't want to hear that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a little migraine. <laughs> and you're going to forget all about your obligations. The new nature, the new name, fulfills, is fulfilled as we walk in the spirit. Our spiritual walk Watch this. Our spiritual walk is about revealing the name, which is the law. Our spiritual walk is about what? Revealing the name, which is the law. 
Now, he didn't say a name. He didn't say the names. He said the name, just like he didn't say a law, the laws. He said a law. There's several laws under the law, but the main law, you can see the law by revealing his name. Let's take it further. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. It says, but the fruit of the spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is what? There is no law. Why? Because these represent my name. There's no law against this. As long as you are loving someone, there's no law against that. There's no condemnation against you loving a person. Where the condemnation comes when you stop loving. And love is a heart condition. So is joy. So is peace. That's why the Bible says that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, joy, and peace. What is Satan coming to steal? Come on, he's coming to steal your love. He's coming to steal your joy. He's coming to steal your peace. Well, watch this. Jesus said that he came that we may have abundant life. So let's put two and two together. If Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but he came that I may have life, and he says, seek first the kingdom of God. He said the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, joy, and peace. So if Satan can take your joy, your peace, and your love, he can take the kingdom. He can take the kingdom. Seek first, right? Seek first, right? The kingdom of God and his what? Righteousness. Okay. Let's say it like this. Seek first love. No matter what the situation is, no matter what happens, I don't care if they offended you, I don't care what they said about you, seek first. Seek first joy, contentment. Contentment. Seek first the kingdom of God. Peace. Do you only have peace when everything is going good? He's going to intentionally put you in conflict to see if you have peace. Jesus said, the peace I give you, not the peace the world give you. The peace the world give you means your pockets look good. Okay, mean ain't nobody talking about you. Ain't nobody roughing you. Ain't nobody coming against you. And you got peace. Everything is good. No negative energy. Ain't that what they say? But our peace is in negative energy. When everybody's talking about us, when everybody is against us, our peace, that's how you know when you have peace. And there's no law against that. So which means it's illegal for you not to have peace. You okay, Ola? You should see the look on her face. <laughs> she said. <laughs> it's illegal for you not to have joy. It's illegal for you not to love. I don't care what they did. It's illegal for you not to love. Why? Because the law of the spirit of life in Christ has set you free. 
It has set you free. It gave you a new nature. So you have no excuse of why you can't love because the nature is already there. It sets you free because Christ is in you. That's the hope of glory. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, which means if I don't love you, it's because I'm not trying to. Because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. It's enough information in Christ to let you know why you should love. It don't matter if it's your brother. It don't matter if it's your sister. It don't matter if it's your spouse. The Bible went so far to just love your enemies. Okay, so everybody, everybody under that qualifies too. He said, love your enemies. He said, love your neighbors. So if you're going to love your enemies and you're going to love your neighbors, then that means everybody under that deserves love. But watch this. This is how you know you're God. It ain't miracle signs and wonders. Maybe it'd be a miracle if you can love through a problem. That might be the miracle. Then somebody can conflict you or somebody can say something to you and you can remain in love. That's how you show that you're a God. When we're talking about building gods, when somebody can say something to you, confront you, and your peace don't leave, that's how you know you're a God. When no matter what goes on in your situation, you stay connected to heaven. You remain. You, get, you, you keep your joy. That's how you know that you are a God. I don't want to let you off the hook and think just because you heal somebody, you're a God. Elijah told Naaman, go dip in the Jordan seven times. He went and dipped seven times, came back, flesh was brand new. Old Testament. Joshua stopped the whole earth from moving. A servant. He allowed Moses to part the Red Sea. So if we don't go by miracle signs and wonders and, and determining if we guys or if we growing up, then they the standard. Then they are the standard. Moses threw down a rod. It turned to a snake. Then he picked it back up. He said, now I want you to go do this in front of them. <laughs> he threw down his rod. They threw down theirs too. And theirs turned to snakes. The difference was he had swallowed theirs up. So miracles, signs, and wonders are even being done by the demonic. That's the foolery of it all. He said, put your hand in your coat. Now take it out. Look like leverage. Keep jumping. Oh my God, put it back in there. Okay. Brand new. <laughs> This happened and he won the sun. They made an axe head float. We're building gods. Okay? Patience. Hmm. Y'all want to talk about patience? <laughs> Being patient with people. That's a sign that you're a God. That's a sign that Christ lives there. Because you can be patient with people no matter what the situation is. You can be patient. Jesus knew Judas. And when it came time, he said, whatever you're going to do, just do it quickly. Brother, I knew it. <laughs> he came and kissed him. Whatever you're going to do, brother, do it. Kindness. These are the things that reveal that we are God's. Because these are the things that say when we left his household, these were the rules. You know you got kids. When, you leave, when your kids leave your household, you got a strict 
set of rules and regulations that your name represents. And when they get in school, amongst their peers, it's stuff you say, don't do that. Why would you tell them that? Because it don't represent the name. Who would tell their kids to be unkind to people? The father said, I give you no excuse, no reason to be unkind to folks. Goodness, being polite, being gracious. And this one right here, faithfulness. These are the things that make us gods. These are the things that make us gods. Can you be faithful to somebody besides yourself? These are the things that make us God. Gentleness. Watch this. Self-control. These are the things that make us like God. He said the fruit. Now, the fruit are proof that there was a seed. The, the fruit are proof that you've been planted, that you've been watered. Fruit are the proof that you're rooted. Fruit are the proof that you are growing, that you have been pruned, budded, blossomed. This is the proof of fruit. Because watch this. The fruit are the mark of a powerful life. I know we think it's a prophetic. The fruit are the mark that you have a powerful life, that you have a powerful life. It's not your money. The fruit are the proof that you have a powerful life. It's not your revelation. It's not the ability to teach. It's not intercessory. It's not deliverance. Because you, have a because you have a deliverance ministry does not mean your church is powerful. What, mean what lets you know your church is powerful is, watch this, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If we can get that in here, we'll power. That's power. That's what power looks like. Because he going to use, the Bible says gifts and callings come without repentance. We don't need a whole room full of uh, the fivefold ministry. Everybody want to be evangelist. Everybody want to be a prophet. Everybody want to be apostle. Why? Because we made them think that if you can do these things, it means you're powerful. And they doing those things and, and sleeping with the congregation members. Powerful words coming from the pulpit, and then they go, and they're unfaithful to their wife. Unfaithful to their husband. Get up, pray, pray up a storm down. Go home and disrespect your husband. You would not be deceived. <laughs> I would never make you think because you are a prophet, evangelist, because what you do, that you're powerful. No, we'll tell you powerful when we follow you home. That's how we'll know. When we see how you interact with your spouse, we'll know how much power you got. Okay? The Bible says the meek shall inherit the earth. We will know. That's the only way we'll know. Fruit are the mark that you trust him. Fruit are the mark that you trust him. No, you don't want to trust. No, yeah, they did you wrong. Trust him. Love anyway. That's the mark. If you, if you want to know if you are God, get put in a situation where you got to forgive.
Because I don't want the pressure on you that you prayed for somebody and they didn't get healed. And now you thinking, no, that don't mean nothing. <laughs> that does not say nothing more. It, it, it's a lot can be going on right there. It's a lot that can be going on in that situation. You have no idea. A lot of times people can't get healed because they're heart condition. Okay? It's a lot of reasons why certain things cannot happen to certain people. It's, a, it's reasons why he won't open doors to blessings. And it has, a lot of times, watch this, it has nothing to do with your job. It has everything to do with if I give you love, if I give you money, you're going to stop loving. If I give you millions of dollars, you're going to think that's a, a, a go that, that, that you're right in my eyes, and you're going to stop being patient with people. Why? Because you got the money, you think you're in charge. <laughs> So he said, I can't give that to you until you what? You grow up. Because the fruit are the mark that you trust him. You're going to be put in situations, probably tomorrow, might be when you leave here, to reveal those fruit. And you're going to have a chance to do it, and, it's going to, and that's what's going to determine if you trust the Father. I don't want you to think you are God because you call, you're calling. I don't want you to get up here, grab this mic, preach a dope message, a wonderful message, and then at the end, it make you think that you are, you're powerful. No, you're not. You are used. If you lay your hands on somebody, he used you. Okay, if you speak a word, a, a prophetic word, he used you. Gifts and callings come without a changed mind. When your mind has changed, it looks like love, peace, come on now, joy, patience. That's how we know your mind has changed. Okay? That's how we know. Verse 24 says, now those who belong to Christ Jesus crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Those who belong... Now, those who belong to church, which means we got some people who saved, but they don't belong. The church consists of those that crucify their flesh, intentionally want to become like God. If you don't crucify your flesh, then that means you don't mind not being like him. This is what he means when he says, I will build my church. When, he's, when it's all said and done, it looks like the fruit. It looks like the name. It looks like the law. So we have the law of the spirit of life in Christ or the law of the spiritual life that is in Christ. Or we can say it like this. We have the name that represents the spiritual life that is in Christ. Or we can say it like this. We have the fruit of the spirit that represents the life that is in Christ. It's all interchangeable. If you want to know what the law looks like, it's the name. If you want to look at the name, look like it's the fruit. You want to know if you represent his name? Look at the fruit. Verse 25 says, if we live by the Spirit, let us, let's follow the Spirit as well. It seems like common sense. <laughs> he said, if we live by the Spirit, 
Let's follow the Spirit. If we live, we will follow. The ultimate proof of fruit is a spiritual life. Is you live by the Spirit, so that's what you follow. I have canceled all conversations of people trying to prophesy to me, and they don't come to church. People calling me trying to give me revelation and don't come to church. There's no way you hear in the spirit and you don't hear the father saying come to church. That's why I'm telling you, it's a difference between the prophetic and the fruit. I'm going to show it to you a little bit. Watch this. If we live, we will follow. Amen? If we live by the spirit, we will follow the spirit. The spirit said one thing to everybody on today. Get up and have your butt in church. Now, everybody heard that one spirit, right? Everybody heard that one spirit? (laughs) Those who live by the spirit, follow it. Because you can hear the spirit, but that don't mean you live by it. How do you know if you live by it? You follow it. You hear it, you do. All right. If we live by the spirit, I ain't done. Let's say it like this. If we live by faith, what is faith? It's systems. It's rules and patterns. If we live by faith, if we live seeking the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is governed by the name, which is the law. If we live by the spirit, let's follow the spirit. Follow me as I follow Christ. Follow the DNA. Follow the fruit. Follow me. Follow me. Learn of me because what? I'm meek and lowly. Ain't that fruit? <laughs> he said, follow me because I'm meek and I'm lowly of heart. And you can find rest with me. That's the qualifying, watch this, of a leader. Amen? That's the qualifier of a leader. Follow me. Learn of me, follow me as I follow Christ, and learn of me because I'm meek and I'm lowly of heart. And when you come and you get near me, you'll get rest. Now he said learn of me, and the number one thing came out of his mouth all the time was I only do what the Father say. The spiritual life is governed by the name and the kingdom. We can't get out of that. This is the law of the spirit of life. Verse 26 says, let's not become boastful. Challenging one another and envying one another. Let's not become, okay? We're trying to become like Christ. Now, on the way to becoming like Christ, we can become boastful. You know, I had somebody tell me, They told me, you listen to me, Serena? You hear me, Serena? This is what they told me, Serena. They told me, I'm appalled. I'm appalled in the spirit right now, even trying to say it. They told me that they were the most humblest person I knew. This was a conversation. They said, I'm, they said, I'm the most humblest person you know. 
Humility never announces itself. It never announces itself. Okay, nobody, don't say you humble. Okay, say I'm working on it, because that's what we are. We all working on it. Okay, at any minute, watch this, at any minute that resurrection can happen. <laughs> that old man can come up at any minute. We're working on humility. We're trying our hardest to be humble. Sometimes the situation, oh, Lord, we need to pray for 40 minutes before we can walk into a situation. We're trying to be humble. Told me that they, they was the most humblest person I knew. I'm like, well, can I get that? Can I say that? <laughs> can I say who's the most humblest person I know? <laughs> can I get that say so, Sandy? <laughs> can I say that somebody's the most humblest person I know? They said, no, look, I'm going to take away your independence, your ability to think for yourself, and I'm going to tell you who the most humblest person you know. Let's not become boastful. Challenging one another. Anybody care about your gift? Anybody care about your gift? Anybody care about your talent? We care about fruit. Envying one another. You can't be better than nobody. You can be the best you, that's it. Period. Now, I'm going to go into Galatians chapter 6. Before I go into I want to say this. How many of y'all know that when scripture was written, there were no numbers? Okay, so this is just a, this, this letter is an entire letter. They put the numbers and stuff there for address so we can find it. Okay, so Galatians 6 and 1, I want y'all to help me. It says, y'all read that for me. Scriptures talk to yourself, don't they? The scriptures speak for themselves. Brothers and sisters, if someone is overtaken in wrongdoing, you who are spiritual, you who are spiritual, restore such a person with a gentle spirit. He said, if someone is, oh, if you catch him in the act, you who are spiritual, don't tell everybody. <laughs> don't put him on blast. You who are spiritual. He didn't say prophetic. He didn't say you are called. He didn't say you who are revelatory. He said, you who are spiritual. He said, what I need you to do is restore them. So this is how we know who's spiritual. He didn't say you, you who are gifted. Because gifts are not spiritual. Don't make the person spiritual. What makes the person spiritual is love, joy, peace, patience, love, kindness, gentleness, all that. The fruit of the spirit are what proves that you are spiritual. It's not the prophetic. It's not healing. It's not delivering. That does not prove. Look, I, I'd have had. I can't say that. Okay. Yeah, I can. I've had. I can't say that. No, I can't. I can't say it. 
It says that anyone is overtaken in wrongdoing. Now, I, I have to point this out. So, which means whenever you find that someone is doing something that is contrary to the word, the first thing you're supposed to do is what? Restore them. He says, carry, no, it says, restore such a person with a gentle spirit, watching out for yourself so that you also won't be tempted. So what happens is, if something was to happen to someone in here, and you will go and spread that, that same spirit will come upon you. It's going to come upon you. It's going to come upon you. Restore them with this. Watch this. Because when you, what's up? Because when you restore them with a gentle spirit, that comes upon you. Amen? No, when you restore them the right way, what happens is the Bible said when you humble yourself, it gives you a greater grace. Because we all going to make mistakes. We're all going to make mistakes. And the way you point the finger, five of them are going to come back at you. So he's saying handle this the right way. He says carry one another's burdens. In this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So when you do it the opposite way, it's illegal. And you've given a demonic permission to attack you. This is how you know that you're a God. Amen? This scripture ain't up here. The next two I'm about to read. Romans 13 and 8 says, Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. It says, For the one who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. Because if I love you, I don't have a bad word to say about you. If I love you, I'm happy for you, so I can't be jealous of you. That's why the Bible says rejoice with those that rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. If I love you, I'm not going to offend you. But how, much, how many of y'all knew that love is what proved that we were God's? Ephesians. Chapter 4, verse 1 says, Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, urge you to live worthy of the calling you have received with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. He says, I urge you to live worthy of the calling as children that you received. He said, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, make every effort, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. And that's how we're going to know your gods. Now, you're not going to get it right all the time. Amen. I'm not going to get it right all the time. That's a part of growing up. Sometimes I misjudge situations. That's why the Bible says don't judge things before it's time. Sometimes I, I misjudge stuff. Am I right? I miss it all the time. I know I do. I've been like, yeah, that's what's going on, and find out it was not that. It's okay. 
Y'all want to be super spiritual and think you get everything right. You lying to yourself, and it ain't going to never happen like that, okay? You not Jesus. I mean, you not Jesus. You not going to get it right all the time. And watch this. You are not supposed to. You're not supposed to. That's why he implemented grace. Grace is there so you can grow up. The law of the spirit of life in Christ is upheld by grace. Why? Because you're not going to get it right all the time. As a Nepios, your love looks totally different than as a Weos. Can I say something to y'all? I'm going to say it anyway. Stop trying to act like you somewhere that you're not. Okay? Stop trying to act like you fully mature when you're not. It's okay. Let your attitude out so we can help you. <laughs> I'm being, I'm honest with you. Okay? The only thing, you, if you try to fake it, it's going to come out. It's going to come out. Don't try to act like when you are Nepios that you, you all way in Weos land. Stop. It's okay to miss it. <laughs> it's bad to live there. Okay? It's okay to miss it. We don't live by grace. We grow in grace. We grow knowing that it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to miss it. You don't want to live missing it. <laughs> That's what sin is. Sin is an archery term, which means two things. Either you missed the target, you shot at the bullseye, and you missed it. Or it means this, you forfeited. You didn't even take the shot. You didn't even try to do it right. So shoot your shot. Try to get it right. If you miss it, repent. It is what it is. You, you, look, I, I already know. We was having a meeting over here about the social media. I, look, y'all human. It's going to be some days that y'all do not want to deal with none of us. Am I right? It's going to be some bad days where you don't feel like, we're going to call Kena and Kirby been getting on her nerves all day. And she's going to snap at me because Kirby been getting on her nerves all day. It's going to happen. I'll lie not to you. Come on. I'm going to try to get in contact. Shanika and Sam has been getting on. <laughs> and I'm going to get the wrong Shanika. You, I'm just being honest with you. Sometimes y'all going to call me and I got three kids at home. And, and sometimes I'm not trying to talk to you right now. <laughs> You're not going to get it right all the time. Stop trying to act like you are perfect. You're not going to get it right. That's why grace is there. Grace says I can make a mistake and I don't lose fellowship with my father. Okay. Please make mistakes in here. Please. I want to show you we love you. I beg, make mistakes so I can show you. So I can show you. Talk about me. Do whatever you need to do so I can show you. I'm not going nowhere. I'm here to labor with you until Christ is formed. This is where you make the mistakes at. Do it, please. I beg you, make the mistake. I'm going to show you. I had somebody come to me and tell me they said they failed. They had sex outside of marriage. I said, are you still a daughter? Okay, keep it moving. Don't do it again. That's it, okay? <laughs> I'm not going to pronounce judgment on you. Oh, my God. You are, you are a child of the devil. No, you made a mistake. That does not change your inheritance. That does not change you are offspring. The DNA didn't go nowhere. That's why the Bible says you have an incorruptible seed. 
It lets you know it's incorruptible. You can't make a mistake and it go and it leave. You gotta force the father out your life. You gotta force him out. Come on, now look what he did for the children of Israel. 11-day journey takes 40 years. Okay, come on now. Human, human patience? He did everything he could for them, and they still complain. How many of y'all got that in y'all life? No matter what you do for them, they still complain. <laughs> Especially you got kids, no matter what you do, they don't see what you do. They see what you ain't doing. <laughs> and you got to still love them. You got to still take care of them. That's why the Bible says if you can't run your own house, you can't run this. That's the test. The children getting on your nerves, they not listening to you. The wife getting on your nerves, she not listening to you. The husband getting and watch this. So when you come in here, you've been used to it. You didn't pass the test at home. <laughs> you passed the test at home. I've already dealt with, I, I got a wife. I already dealt with rolling your eyes. I'm good. I've already dealt with, I'm not going to do what you, nope. <laughs> I've already dealt with that. I got kids. I'm already dealt, no matter what I do, it ain't enough. What you gonna do today? We know what you did yesterday. What you gonna do today? I've already passed that test. You don't have to get it right all the time. Say, I don't have to get it right all the time. Perfect tense. When, when Jesus said this, Jesus said, be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. He was telling you to live from an eternal position. You want to step out of perfection, keep looking at your past. You want to step out of perfection, keep looking at the situation going on right now. You want to step out of perfection, worry about the future. Jesus said tomorrow will take care of itself. <laughs> he said your father know what you need today. He said get your daily bread. He said tomorrow will take care of itself. Don't worry about tomorrow. Just worry about today's assignment. Grace. Titus 2.11. Let's talk about grace for a second. Oh, my time is up. Let me hurry up. It says, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Instructing us to deny godliness and worldly lust, and to live in a sensible, righteous, and godly way in this present age. So watch this. He said, the grace of God has appeared. Okay, it's available. And it brought with it salvation. He said, the grace of God has appeared to all men, and it brought salvation. Which means it brought your inheritance with it. It brought healing with it. It brought deliverance with it. It brought wealth with it. It brought good relationships with it. Grace of God has appeared, bringing, bringing. It brought with it salvation for all people. Verse 12 says, instructing us. So the grace of God brings salvation, but it also teaches you something. It brings instructions. That's why I say we don't live by grace. We live in faith. We grow by grace. We don't live sinning, saying, oh, well, God will cover that. <laughs> we don't do that. Because grace is about you receiving your destiny. 
That's what sin is about. Sin prohibits you from receiving your destiny because sin is proof of immaturity. Sin is proof that you will not do it the Father's way. And so the Father, therefore, he can never release to you what he wants you to have. So we don't use, we don't use grace for sin. We use faith for sin. We grow in grace knowing that grace brings salvation. But not only does it bring salvation, it brings a set of instructions. It said instructing us to do what? It's up there. To deny godliness. It instructs us to deny godlessness. Yeah, in some versions it does say godliness. Godlessness. So he says when, when grace comes, Ola, it's going to instruct you to deny anything that is not of your father. Godlessness. Deny anything that is not in your father's household, just like you expect your children to be out there in the world and to do the things you told them in your household. Grace comes and it brings salvation, but it also brings instructions to deny godliness and worldly lust. But then it says, and to live, to live in a sensible, righteous, and a what way? Godly way. Why? Because you're God's. I'm telling you who you are, so I'm telling you how to live. I'm telling you who you are, so I'm telling you what to deny. It's about how we live that is proof of the life in Christ. When Jesus came, he brought grace. Am I right? The woman, they caught her in adultery. They're getting ready to stone her. Where the man at? Because she wasn't by herself. <laughs> he probably had money. Religious folks. They're getting ready to stone her in the name of the law. But he came with the law of the spirit of Christ, of the spiritual life. And the law of the spiritual life releases grace. The law of the spiritual life releases love. It releases patience. So he told them, he who has not sinned cast the first stone. It said from oldest to youngest, they left. He turned to her and said, where, they, where, where your accusers at? They gone. Go and sin no more. He said, and, and he said to live in a sensible, righteous, and a godly way in the present age. In this present age. Right now. Last scripture. I'm back. Romans chapter 6, verse 16. It says, don't you know that if you offer yourself to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey, either of sin leading to death or obedience leading to righteousness. But thank God that although you used to be slaves of sin, you obeyed from the heart the pattern of teaching to which you were handed over. That you were handed over. Verse 18 said, and having been set free from sin, you became slave, enslaved to righteousness. 
Okay? The law of the spirit of life in Christ frees us from the law of sin and death. It turns us from an unrighteous slave into a righteous slave. Okay? We leave from doing things Satan way to doing things the way the Father said do it. All right? Because the nature of Adam is no longer there, we're no longer a slave to Adam's appetite. Now, the scripture said that we are supposed to be a slave for our father's household. That's why the Bible calls us co-laborers. Slaves just mean servant. Verse 18, what it says, having been set free from sin, how are we set free from sin? By the law of the spirit of life that is in Christ. Because now we have his name and we are expected to produce fruit. We are free. We are immortal beings. So now it, we are free to not live a human life. A life stuck in mortality in which we can't stop sinning. In which we can't stop. He said, this whole purpose of me doing this was to set you free so that you can be my child and you can grow up in my household. All right? Now, a slave, he wants us to be a slave that represents his name, a servant that represents his kingdom, that represents his household, and so forth. Y'all ready? I'm about to close, okay? Because the law of the spirit of life in Christ reveals one thing. Who's your master? Okay? That's what it reveals. Who's your master? Who's controlling you? Who's your ventriloquist? Because I hear you talking, but who's saying it? I see your mouth moving. I see, you see the actions, but who's behind them? Who's your master? Now, this is a remote control. I wasn't going to bring the whole TV. Y'all get the. This is a remote control. This remote control is the master of a television. It don't matter how big the TV is. This little thing will control it. This is the master. Now, inside of this is a, is a chip that transmits a signal to the TV. Divine nature. There's a signal in you right now that transmits to the Father in order for you to hear and you to abide in him. Because the one thing you have to understand is that we are becoming. We're not there yet. We are becoming, right? This is why I tell you, you have to engage. Because in the law is laws. There's a law of engagement that says you have to study to show yourself approved. There's a law of engagement that says you have to give. You have to pray. You have to fast. You have to engage spiritual practices for anything that you want from heaven for them to even listen. Okay? Now, if, if you don't respond to the law of engagement, you'll never get to the law of confession. If you never study the word, you never have anything to confess. And if you don't have anything to confess, you will never get to the law of meditation. What are you meditating on? Because you're meditating on something. And whatever you meditate on is what you become. So you have to engage in a word in order for you to confess the word. If you don't know the word, you can't confess it. If you're not confessing, that's why I'm telling you to do the disciplines. If you're not doing it, you're losing and you're wasting time. 
You need to get up in the morning. You need to have a set of scriptures about your healing, about your prosperity, about your calling, about power, about the fire of God. Wherever you see yourself going, you need to get up and have a set of scriptures that are saying what he said because to confession means to say what Abba says. It just means to say what he says. And if you say what he says long enough, it gets ingrained in you. If you meditate on, on it long enough, you begin to think that way. Some of the best liars are convinced of their lie because they keep thinking about. You ever see somebody know they lying? And they just, they hold, I got some family members, Lord Jesus. I didn't see them crying, bawling. And I know you lying. I know you are telling a lie and it's up there crying and bawling. They didn't believe the lie so long that they made it truth to extract feelings and emotions. What you know is, is powerful. What you meditate on, you become. As a man thinking in his heart, so is he. And whoever you become will open up the next law, which is a law of expectation. What are you expecting from the Father? Now watch this. If you don't know no word, what you gonna expect? If you don't know what belongs to you, your promises, what are you expecting? So you got to engage the word. You got to engage prayer. You got to engage fasting. You got to engage community. You have to because a law of engagement leads to other laws. The law of expectation takes us into what? the law of expression. If you don't open up, he can't come in. You can sit there looking like a prune. He ain't coming in. Why? Because he's never going to take your will. He's not a molester. He's not a rapist. He's never going to go and take your will. If you don't want to have nothing to do with him, he's like, fine. Jesus told the disciples, he said, to you, I get the mysteries of the kingdom. Well, why he tell them that? Because y'all decided to be disciples. He said to the multitude, I speak in parables. He said, I speak in riddles to them because seeing, I don't want them to see. And hearing, I don't want them to hear because I don't want them to be converted. He said, I don't want them to be converted. I don't want them to hear us having a conversation and think that by them hearing our conversation, they one of us. <laughs> he said, so the mysteries of the kingdom are only to those who will, who will prove themselves as disciples. Watch this. It only comes to those who will engage. Those who will follow him wherever he go. Through situations and circumstances. That is who the mysteries come to. And mysteries are the highest level of prophetic. Okay? Revelation is the, highest, is the highest level of prophecy because it's God speaking directly to a person. And you can't teach revelation. You have to receive revelation and then break revelation down to teach into doctrine. Who's controlling you? Who's controlling you? Under grace, we have the law of the spirit of life in Christ, and it comes with a standard. We do it Abba way, right? Amen? We do it the kingdom of God way, right? The Bible said choose life or choose death. They sitting in the Garden of Eden. He said eat from every tree. He said eat from every tree in the garden but this one, the one of knowledge of good and evil. Every other one you can eat from. Don't eat from this tree. You know what? First thing, what? That, 
One tree. One tree in the garden. Don't eat from this one. This is human nature. Soon as you say don't do this, automatically you gravitate towards it. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Look, the church has no right to control your life. Am I right? Amen. Say amen. Clap for that because some of y'all been wanting to clap anyway. <laughs> but there's a level of control if we're going to be a body. Everybody can't do their own thing. We have to all adhere to one thing. That's why the Bible says one spirit. We should all hear the same spirit. Okay, 5 o'clock in the morning, it's time to pray. Spirit. No, spirit told you. <laughs> you ain't got to pray. <laughs> you good. I ain't trying to start no fight. I'm just trying to get you to understand that when you say you hear in the spirit, look, if it's for your personal life, fine and dandy. But in becoming one, we know through the scriptures. Grace. We, the standard is holiness. Meaning, evil can't influence me. Meaning, evil can't inhabit me. Holiness. One standard. That's why he said, if they give you evil, you give them good. Who's your master? Who's your master? This remote can turn you on. It can turn the TV on. It can turn it off. Am I right? Who's your master? Who's turning you on and off? Who's telling you when to go and when not to go? Who's controlling your character? Who's your master? The law of the spirit of life in Christ is there for one reason, to show you who's controlling you. We can use this to turn up the volume or turn it down. Who turned you up? <laughs> Who turns you down? The law of the spirit of life in Christ lets us know who has the remote, Abba or Satan. That's what it's there for, to show us who. Who changes your channels? Don't pay attention to them. Who changes your channels? Huh? Who changes your channel? Who changes your mood? <laughs> who can change your character and your disposition? Who can make you shut up? Who can make you talk? I'm going to do a whole message on who's your ventriloquist because the Bible says this. That, Shanika, it says, they being wise became fools. They thinking that they were wise became fools. But then it's another scripture that says, if you want to be wise, you have to become a fool. Somebody's always controlling us. Who's your master? The law of the spirit of life in Christ says, Abba is my master. He controls me. His name, his kingdom. Sonship should be your only objective. I don't want you trying to grow. 
No other place but into sonship. You should be trying to grow in love. You should be trying to grow in grace. You should be trying to grow in peace. You should not be focused on growing in the prophetic. Amen? That's not your focus. You should not be trying to grow in revelation. How we focus on this stuff? We focus on growing in everywhere but the fruit of the Spirit. Thinking that when you get there, it's going to make you powerful. No. It's going to make you a hypocrite. It's going to make you a Pharisee. Amen? Let us stand. Let us stand. I know I went over time. I apologize. It was an awkward day all the way through and through. <laughs> she said she glad. Amen. He knew, right? He knew, right? Hallelujah. Abba is revealed through fruit. Amen. Abba is revealed through his word, his logos. Amen. Abba is revealed through his nature. That's how he's revealed. That's why I'm saying the church is so Holy Spirit heavy that we forgot about the father and the son. We forgot we had a father to obey and a son to conform to. And we just want gifts of the spirit. We just want talent. That's all we want. No, I need you to prophesy in love. Anytime somebody come to me with a prophetic word, you know what I say? Or watch this, better yet, anytime somebody come to me talking about one of y'all, you know what I tell them? No, I won't say that. <laughs> this is, no, no, this is what I tell them. I say, everybody has an issue. Everybody has an issue. If the father told you such and such got this spirit on them, my next question is, what did he tell you to do about it? Huh? <laughs> Boom. What did he tell you to do about it? If he showed you that this person is in sin, that they are in fault, that they are living wrong, what did he tell you to do about it? The next thing he should have said is love them. He said, restore them. He said, be gentle, be kind. Yeah, we know that they're in sin, but watch this, be good to them. How about this? Be patient. I know they're not acting how you think they should act right now, but remain faithful. What about long-suffering? What about self-control? We got to stop getting words out the spirit and, 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 and have an understanding that the spirit realm has two sides to it. The spirit realm has two sides to it. You want to know how you know you hear the Father? Love. He's telling you to love. You want to know how you hear the Father? He's telling you to be patient with him. Meek shall inherit the earth. Not the bold. <laughs> you would think it would be the bold that would inherit the earth. You would think it would be the powerful that would inherit the earth. He said to meet those who have self-control, who can control their 